0: Good morning, Spring House and friends. Uh, well, here we are—at well, least uh, half a dozen of us—and there you are. And God is both places because He is omnipresent; He is everywhere. That means that you know He can be at your house and He can be at my house and He can be every place in between. And we're we're thankful for that. So we're going to talk about Thanksgiving. You know uh, the verse that the kids have been memorizing is very similar to the verse that we're going to read today. Now, uh, I would ask people to stand up, but I don't really have anybody here to stand up. So we're going to uh, put this verse up and, and, and read it with me. It's Psalm 118.1. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. Father, I thank you for your word I thank you for the power and the grace and the mercy that are in your word and the truth and the life. And Lord, I just pray that that would all come through today, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah. If you you read Psalm 118, it keeps on saying this same thing, that his love endures forever. And that's certainly a reason to to give thanks to the Lord. Um, Holidays are also good. I mean, how many people don't like holidays? I would say raise your hand, but I can't see your hand. Uh, we do like holidays. I especially like the Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's time. That's, that's just all kind of packed in there together, and it's, it's been a time that I've enjoyed for most of my life. Uh, also, Easter, uh, certainly a holiday that I enjoy a lot, uh, followed by the, the patriotic holidays, not a big fan of Columbus Day, and, and I don't know if this is still up uh, at home, but apparently neither are our employers. Not a lot of people get Columbus Day off. I, I, I'm actually kind of a fan of them starting to call it Native American Day. That, that works for me, but I don't How do we celebrate that? I mean, are we are going to give them some land back or something? That's probably what we should do. But let me tell you something. Even though I'm not a big fan of Columbus Day, when I was in school, I loved it because you got the day off. Uh, And I guess if I was one of those 14% of employees who gets Columbus Day off, I would would enjoy it. Uh, But let me say this. The day, the date, isn't the important part. Not the important part really at all. Uh, July the 4th, uh, it's a day that we celebrate. We think we know about July the 4th. The truth is, Uh, What we celebrate on July the 4th didn't happen on July the 4th. Uh, It happened on July the 2nd. That's when the Congress voted to uh, declare that these colonies are of a right and ought to be independent sovereign states. You say, well, July the 4th is the day they they signed the declaration, right? No, most of them signed it on August the 2nd. Uh, July the 4th is the day that Congress adopted the declaration as a statement for what they did on July the 2nd. And so, uh, you know, if that's not confusing enough, we celebrate July the 4th. Um, And then there's there's these three guys. We celebrate their birthdays, kind of. Uh, Abraham Lincoln was born on a Sunday, by the way. Uh, Washington was born on a Friday. And so we celebrate their birthdays on a Monday every year. You so, say, well, maybe it was actually their birthdays. No, Lincoln was born on the, on the 12th, and Washington was born on the 22nd, and the third Monday of February is when we celebrate, and so it cannot come any earlier than the 15th or any later than the 21st. So we don't, we don't get that either. Uh, now, now, Martin Luther King, uh, well, he was, he was born on a Tuesday. So we celebrate his birthday on a Monday, but occasionally we get the date right, because it's the third Monday and he was born on the fifteenth. So every every couple of decades we actually celebrate it on the right day. Uh, and then there's New Year's Day. Uh, surely, surely New Year's Day. You know, there's nothing special about January the first. It's it, it it's not it's not the winter solstice. It's not the summer solstice. It's close to it, if you're depending on which hemisphere you're in. It's not the equinox. There's nothing in the heavens that says January the first important day, uh, and yet we celebrate it as uh, New Year's. And then there's Christmas. You know, it's highly unlikely that uh, Christ was born on December the twenty-fifth. Uh, In fact, he almost certainly wasn't, but uh, it may very likely be the day that the Magi arrived. Uh, If you haven't seen the the documentary, The Star of Bethlehem, I would encourage you to see it. That is a very, very cool documentary. Uh, But it's probably not the day that he was born, but it's the day that we celebrate the Christ Mass. And then there's the fourth Thursday in November. And what is significant about the fourth Thursday in November? Uh, well, apparently the most significant thing about it is it's the Thursday before Black Friday. And I, wanna, I just want to piggyback for just a second on, on, on what Kevin said, because uh, don't spend money you don't have. Don't spend money you don't have. And you may think, well, you know, I'm going to make up for it at Christmas. I'm going to do this. No, you're going to make things worse. Amen. You're not going to make things better. You're going to make things worse. Don't spend money that you don't have. You say, well, what am I going to give to, you know, my family or my kids or whatever? Yourself. Maybe time, which is more valuable than money. <laughs> Love. You know, there's some things you can give, Legos, uh, uh, <laughs> get them at Goodwill is what you should do. What makes these days important is not the date or the day of the week. What makes these days important is what we do with them. Paul says over in Romans 14:5, one person considers one day more sacred than another. Another considers every day alike. Each of them should be fully convinced in their own mind. And basically what he's saying there is you don't have to celebrate Christmas. You don't, he's actually uh, kind of more co- talking in context of the Jewish um, uh, holidays and, and celebration. You don't have to do that. You know, that isn't on the quiz. That's got nothing to do with whether you get into heaven. It's got nothing to do with righteousness. But you should be convinced in your own mind. And if you think that's what you're supposed to do, do it. And if you don't think that's what you're supposed to do, don't do it. But in both cases, mind your own business. Because what somebody else does has nothing to do with you in that regard. But if you're going to celebrate it, be firmly convinced in your own mind. And it's not because it's this particular day. It's because of what you have in your mind. New Year's Day. Is a fresh start. I mean, every year we come up to to um, January the first, and we go, "Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna change. I'm gonna do thus and such starting January the first. Nothing special. And I think, in fact, I think that it's actually really cool that that is just as ordinary a day as you could possibly come up with. But it's a day that we focus on and go. I can change. This can change in my life. Now, if the fresh start is only in the flesh, it's not going to change for long. You know, three weeks, maybe six. Gym membership. Don't buy it for the whole year. Just, just, just get in a month at a time. Okay, so I got to say. Uh, you know, by by February, at least by mid-February, desserts are back on the menu. You know, it's that, it's that sort of thing. But there's a fresh start in the Spirit that can be eternal, that can be forever. There's a fresh start that says sins are forgiven. And, you know, it'd be a great thing for us to think about that every day. There'd be a great thing for us to go, wow, I have a fresh new start today. But we don't do that because we're not wired that way. But on January the 1st, we focus. And though Jesus was not likely born on December the 25th, it is good for us to stop and ponder the the terrifying mystery of the incarnation. And I use that word terrifying intentionally because maybe it'll get your intention. I I, I don't mean it's it's scary, though it, it is. I just mean it is formidable. It's much more incredible than we, than we can possibly... God became flesh to serve and die for us. Wow. And you don't have to celebrate December the 25th, but if you don't, when do you stop and think about that and ponder it? Well, When do you give it your attention? And you know, you say, well, I do every day. Well, I hope you do. But if you do, you're the rare human being. Who can do that sort of thing? You need a a special focus. At least I do. Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is a a time to stop and give thanks. Well, we should do that all the time. Yeah, we should. We don't. Let's just be honest. We don't it's a time that we should stop and, and 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 do just that give thanks and if people don't do that on thanksgiving it isn't the day's fault you know if our focus on thursday is where we're we going to go shopping on friday or what what are the online deals going to be on what is it called cyber monday of all? boy talk about a special day you know if that's what our focus is on on thursday on thanksgiving it's not thanksgiving's fault it's our fault it's a day for us to stop and give thanks it, and it's a unique holiday over the years it's kind of become my favorite holiday i mean i really enjoy christmas and i really enjoy easter but thanksgiving has has elevated <laughs> It's status, in my opinion, as I've gotten older. It's a unique holiday in that it doesn't apply to atheists at all. I mean, they have no one to whom they can give thanks. Well, I mean, what who, who are you going to give thanks to? I thank me because I really worked hard this year or... I was really clever this year or something. No, it, re- it's, it's, it requires, it, it draws out belief and faith to give thanks. And the ability, the desire to give thanks is there because as it says over in Ecclesiastes, he has put eternity in the human heart. And so even though someone may say, well, I don't believe in God, there's a thing in there that wants to give thanks. Because God's put eternity in our hearts and we realize there's something more. Well, since this is the season to consider Thanksgiving, let's, let's do just that. And, and the question is, why, why be thankful? And, you know, I know that there's a tendency to kind of go, well, I'm thankful because I've got blah, 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 or I didn't have blah, blah, blah that happened to me or whatever. But now uh, let's, let's, let's get the biblical reason. Give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. If you are a believer, this is God's will for you. And you know what? If you're not a believer, this is still God's will for you to give Thanks. in in, in all circumstances. And it's not for all circumstances. It's not God saying, hey, you need to give thanks when you lost your job because that's a circumstance and you're in it. Uh, No, that's just dumb. You need to give thanks because it's His will. And His will doesn't change. Those circumstances do change. We tend to At times, at least used to, people would ask, what is God's will for my life? I wonder what God's will is for my life. And I don't hear that question much anymore, but 30, 40 years ago, I heard it it pretty often. I don't know really what changed, but we tend to think in terms of external things what is God's will for my life? Where does he want me to live? What does he want me to buy? Who does he want me to marry? How does he want me to serve? When does he want me to go on the mission field or become a pastor? Or what is it that that he wants to do? Uh, Those are external things. This is an internal thing. Giving thanks is an internal thing. And we know it's God's will. And if we will follow the internal will of God in our lives, the external things will begin to become aligned. We'll we'll begin to be able to see the external things. We have a tendency to think that, okay, yeah, give give thanks in in, in all circumstances. Yeah, that's cool. That's God's will. You know, when God tells me to serve, I'm going to move and serve. No, you're not. Because first of all, you're not faithful in the little things. And if you're not faithful in what you know He's told you to do, Why is he going to tell you something else? So give thanks because it's God's will. And and what is the alternative? What is the, the opposite of giving thanks? Grumbling, complaining. Our two old friends. Grumbling, how does that work out for you? Yeah. You know, how is that that, uh, that doing for you? Does it make you happy? Do you come to the end of the day and go, I am so happy. I grumbled so much today. I've got my grumble out. And so now I'm happy. No, it doesn't work that way, does it? Does it fill you with joy? Does it improve your life? Does it make things better? No, no, it never does. It's kind of like I'm gonna, I'm gonna. The year's been so bad. I'm gonna make up for it at Christmas. I lost my job, so I'm gonna spend more money because there's a place down the street that'll lend it to me at 35 percent interest. So I'm gonna grumble more. Sometimes you'll hear somebody say, well, "He's only happy when he's complaining." She's only happy when he's grumbling. That is so stupid. It's a stupid thing to say. Nobody's happy because they're grumbling or complaining. They're grumbling or complaining because they're a grumbler, a complainer. Israel's journey from Egypt, from from Egyptian slavery to, to the promised land is the perfect metaphor for where we are right now. Perfect metaphor. We have been redeemed from slavery to sin, and we are on our way to our eternal reward. And we're on the journey just like Israel was. And virtually every notable tragedy that they had as they... You know, it just occurred to me, I'm not really looking at the cameras. There's nobody here. I'm just looking around like y'all were here, okay? So... (laughs) I just just wanted to see, just occurred to me, and I had to say that, or it just was going to stay in there. Uh, virtually every notable tragedy that they encountered had one thing in common. Every one of them was preceded by grumbling. Every one of them was preceded by complaining. Well, did they have cause to grumble? Yes, yes, they did have cause to grumble. You know, they were thirsty, they were hungry, they were scared. They didn't know where they were going. They didn't didn't get, you know, this, this Moses guy all the time. Where's he been the last 40 days? Yeah, they had cause to grumble. Did they have to grumble because they had cause to grumble? No. No, they didn't have to. You know what? It's easy to not grumble when everything's going well. It's easy to not grumble, you know, when you got plenty. It's easy to not grumble when the sun is shining. You know, anybody can do that. It's only when you do have cause to grumble that you find out if you're a grumbler, or complainer or a thanksgivinger. I don't think that's a word. Grumbling keeps us from seeing clearly and understanding the truth. It caused Israel to think, oh, maybe we were better off in Egypt. Maybe we were better off in slavery. I mean, at least we had leeks and onions, and that's not tempting to me, but it might be to some people. Were there not enough graves in Egypt that you brought us out here? into the wilderness. We were better off there. And, 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 you know, we may have a tendency sometimes to think, well, maybe I would be better off if I didn't feel like I always needed to tell the truth. Maybe, maybe, I, maybe I'd be better off if I didn't tithe. Maybe I'd be better off if I wasn't feeling that I needed to be generous and I needed to help people. Maybe I, I'd be better off if I, if I didn't serve and do all this stuff and just took some, some me time. You know, treat yourself. Make every day treat yourself day. Maybe I'd be better off I day. No, no, you wouldn't be better off. You'd just be empty. For, well, perhaps I would be happier if I stop, stop right there. No, no, but grumbling takes us there. Grumbling blinds our eyes so that we can't see that. Grumbling kept most of them from entering the promised land. They were so used to grumbling, they were so used to complaining that when the spies came back with their report, they believed the lies of the cowards instead of the truth of the faithful. And why? Because they were just so used to going there. They were just so used to going, yeah, I I knew it. I knew it wasn't going to be possible. I, 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 did I say that? I said that on the trip here. It's not going to be possible once we get there. I mean, this is... Yeah. And so it kept them from entering the promised land. Now, uh, I need to hurry along here. Uh, grumbling and, and thanksgiving. Let me just say that this is not a black and white situation. It's not. We either grumble or we give thanks. Grumble or give thanks. It's, it's not that way. It is a it is a, a, a gray continuum. In everything, there is a choice to grumble or give thanks, and often we do both. You know, I grumble until I finally let the Holy Spirit speak to me, and I decide, okay, I need to turn this around. Give, and that's fine. I mean, it, we should let the Holy Spirit speak to us. And turn this around so that now we can give thanks. And, and, it, and it doesn't necessarily stay there. It's not like, okay, I'm going to grumble, grumble, grumble at 40%, and now I'm up to 60% thanksgiving. Praise God, I'm on my way to 80 No, you might be on your way back to 20 for a little while. It, it, it's, it's a fluid situation that happens in our lives. But grumbling leads to cursing and death, and Thanksgiving leads to blessing and life. And so, Thanksgiving 2020. I know that a lot of people don't feel this way, but 2019 was a harder year for me than 2020. It just was, you know. lost my wife. Walked through some really deep stuff with her getting there, kind of in the middle of the year. And as a result, I was in a lot of pain for some of the year and, and confusion. And not confusion really toward God because I, I, I'll have to say, I never said, God, why? I mean, why? We're all going home at some point. But just confusion about, okay, what do I do now? You know who? Who am I now? What what does life mean now? And 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 all the color drained out of the world for for a season. That's what happens when you when you lose a a loved spouse. Not just to me, it happens to, to everyone who's who's experienced that. And if you've been here, if you've been around, you know that Uh, For me, thanksgiving was a a key to bringing me through that desert time. You know, as I mentioned, uh, Margaret had been the first person on my prayer list for for over four decades, and I didn't know what to pray anymore. You know, what do you pray for somebody that's in heaven? Uh, And it turned into, thank you, thank you, thank you for her, thank you for the time that we had had together. And here's one of the things that, that I learned. You see, even when we truly... Suffer great loss. Thanksgiving can help us see clearly. I had family. I, I already knew I had family. Yeah, I already knew I had kids, and, and that they were great kids and grandkids, and uh, you know, and that it, I was really blessed with that. Uh, I learned it more. I learned it more in the in the months after Margaret's passing. Uh, it's kind of like that scene in uh, uh, Christmas Carol after Tiny Tim has passed away, and 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 Bob Cratchit's really feeling sad for himself. And one of the kids says, "But, but you have us, yeah." Oh, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Thanksgiving had friends. I had had friends who kind <clears> of <throat> reached down and said, "Okay, come on out, come, come, come on out, big guy." Uh, you know, some of them took me to a movie and some of them uh made me play golf and uh you know some of them made me get out of town and uh and I say made me I didn't want to but they made me so I did and it was good for me I had faith I never lost faith but sometimes it's hard to lose you know sometimes you tend to lose sight of faith if you if you don't if you're not there with Thanksgiving. And let me just say this. Thanksgiving did not bring Margaret back. Thanksgiving brought me back. And it will do the same thing in in our lives. We have a tendency, and I also want to say this, we have a tendency to give thanks because we're not as badly off as. You know, there's a, a, I don't know, saying, Probably not a saying, but uh, I've heard it. You've probably heard it too. Uh, I complained because I had no shoes until I saw a man who had no feet. You know, and that's kind of like, oh yes, I get that now. Oh, but how did how did you react when you saw the guy who had the five hundred dollars sneakers? Thanksgiving, born of comparison, by comparison, is a fraud. And that's one of the things that we need to understand going into this Thursday. I mean, it's okay to be thankful for what you have, but if you're thankful because you have more than somebody else or because you didn't suffer the loss that somebody else did, that's a a Thanksgiving fraud. Now we are in the throes of a difficult year. Not the most difficult ever, not even remotely close to the most difficult ever. Uh, last week, I, I shared something about, you know, these, these feel like strange times. We've actually been here before, you know, uh, 100 years ago, uh, 1920. They were in the third year of a, of a pandemic that nobody knows how many millions of people were taken because of it. They had also just ended... The war to end all wars, yeah, boy, uh, where 116,000-plus Americans died and another 320,000 were, were came back maimed and injured. You know, and, and the world climate was such that within, uh, within 15 years, the, the rise of the radical right in Europe was going to ferment another world war, even more hideous than the first But I mean, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, I don't have a mask on, but that doesn't matter to you, does it? Uh, I'm just saying, you know, there have been a lot worse years than this one. But our response to this difficult year has been to grumble at a level beyond anything I've seen in seven decades. Seriously. Seriously. You know, we've probably had some worse years uh, in in the last seven decades that I've been around, but we haven't had grumbling the level we've got now. We haven't had complaining the level that we have now. What, you mean I can't go into my favorite restaurant and sit down and eat? Man, this is bad. No, this is a first world problem, people. You mean they want me to put a covering over my face? Oh, my goodness, what is this country coming to? Uh, I don't know. It sounds like a two-year-old tantrum to me. <laughs> I'm glad y'all aren't here. Somebody might throw something at me. <laughs> if ever there was a year that needed Thanksgiving, it's now. Not because this, is, this year's been so hard, but because the grumbling's been so prevalent. We give thanks for two reasons. Uh, First of all, it's God's will for us. Regardless of what's going on or isn't going on in your life, His will is for you to give thanks. And and the reason why it's His will is because He doesn't want us stumbling around in the wilderness. He doesn't want us going back to Egypt. He He wants to bring us, lead us into the promised land. And He can't if we're going to grumble and complain. We'll just have to go back out in the wilderness and be buried there. and Maybe the next generation will make it in. And we give thanks because He is good. Give thanks to the Lord for He is good. His love endures forever. If you believe that there is a God and if you believe that He is good, and not everybody who believes that there's a God believes He's good. You know, and, and even in the even in the, the Christian traditions, there are those who go, yeah, there's a God, but man, he can't be good because this is happening and that's happening and this happens in the world. As if we knew how to fix that. As if we knew what would what he should do about that? Beyond coming and dying for us? making a way for eternal life. I finally came to an understanding of how God is going to reconcile people who are so seemingly unreconcilable. You guys can come out. Yeah. Uh, and, and seriously, uh for years I've kind of wondered, how's he gonna do that? You know, I'm not I'm not just talking about, you know, the petty little stuff between denominations and Catholics and Protestants and Orthodox and, I mean, Jews and Arabs, talking about going back a little ways, far right, far left, radical religions, you say, oh, yeah, you're talking about Muslims. No, I'm talking about radical religions. Christianity fits in that as well. Now How's he going to do that? How's he going to reconcile those people when he comes back? What, what can possibly fix that? And this last week, for the first time, I mean, it's been there all along, but for the first time this last week, I kind of went, oh, I get it. In heaven... No one's going to ask who you voted for. No one's going to ask where you stand on homosexuality or abortion or immigration. No one's going to ask these things. And the reason why they're not going to ask them is because our attention's going to be fixed elsewhere. Revelation 5:12. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. And as you read through Revelations, which is a scary book to a lot of people, as you read through Revelations, this theme keeps coming up over and over and over again. He's worthy. Look at Him. Focus on Him. And that's how He's going to do it. He's not going to have to go, okay, well, this is the side that was right, and this is the side that was wrong. No, this is Jesus. This is the one upon the throne. This year, you can thank him for stuff, but mostly let your thoughts be focused on who he is. He is good. His love endures forever. The worst year ever for the prophet Jeremiah, who was not known as a good-time guy, the worst year ever for the prophet Jeremiah was the year that Jerusalem was destroyed. All of the people were sent into exile. The temple was destroyed. The walls of Jerusalem, it just all went away. And if you read Lamentations, boy, (laughs) you'll go, wow, this is something. Oh, that my eyes were a fountain of tears so that I could weep for the slain of my people. And yet, some of you know where I'm going with this. He may not have known the name, but he turned his eyes upon Jesus and he said, yeah, I'm going to call this to mind. Steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. Happy Thanksgiving.